What's going on? Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 178. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. An eventful second round to recap. Yes. Yes. Very, very very eventful. Um, We didn't prepare our um, three things we learned, so we're just going to go back and forth based on what we learned uh yeah because some teams there's a lot more to learn than others unfortunately unfortunately <sighs> where okay. do you want to start let's go um let's go warriors first okay no no let's well it's up to you where do you want to start let's go start? warriors let's let's talk about the two game sixes or yeah. the two series that ended in six, and then yep. the series that ended yesterday. Yeah, so everyone listening, those will be coming up. Uh, we're going to start with the shorter series first. Um, so the Warriors got absolutely demolished game five, right? That was game five? Yeah. 55 points at one point. Yeah. Did it end 55 points? No, 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 no. They, they made it like a regular-looking blowout. Yeah, 55 points at one point. No John Morant. Um, Memphis was just completely on fire. They were in Memphis. It, one thing about this game, this particular game, it's tough with the Warriors because you never know when the Warriors are, like, coasting. Yeah. Because the Warriors have been known to just take a game off yes. if they know they can beat people. So, I didn't think too much of that. So, I was, wasn't was at all surprised when the next game they blew Memphis out at home. Um, a lot of the guys shot a lot better. Uh, they just looked like a well-oiled machine at home. Um, yeah. And they still really didn't shoot fantastic, but they shot a lot better. They moved a lot better. They played really good defense. Uh, I wasn't surprised at all. I think we... We both kind of picked. I mean, we both kind of knew Warriors would come out of this. Yeah. So, what do you have to say about it? Um. What, what do you have to me- say about Memphis too? Memphis is interesting because they're so young, and yeah. they showed so much upside this year that they're they're the only team that's coming out of the playoffs without real like heavy concerns. Mm-hmm. To me, to me, they really don't need to do anything but pay whoever they want to keep, which I'm hoping is most of the rotation guys. Yeah. Um, in a little more function, more of a like a commitment to playing a certain way. Right. They don't have an offensive identity like the Warriors. I'm looking like a team like Miami has, a team like Dallas. A lot of these playoff teams, they have an identity. So mm-hmm. when they struggle, they you kind of know, you have an idea of what they're going to go to. With Memphis, I had no clue what that would look like. See, and that's why I may disagree a little bit. Because I think that because they don't really have an identity and don't really have um, the structure that you're talking about, I think that if this offseason is where they really decide, do we want to go for a championship next season or do you do we want to just keep being really good because i think memphis as a franchise has been teetering on that for a long time yeah they never quite got to the we're gonna go for a championship level they were always a like one player away 
one injury away, two players away every single time. The one and they've year... so often, even with that, they've so often exceeded expectations to the point where you're you're really thinking like maybe they are a contender already. The Lionel Hollins team was a Rudy Gay injury away from being a finals, to, from being a real contender. I know. So I mean, they've been in that situation. So I think this offseason they have to choose, okay, we bring every, everyone back. Are we a real contender? Or are we just going to be a really, really good young team again and we go surprise everyone in the regular season and we go maybe surprise someone in the first round and get beat in the second round again over and over and over again, which is what they basically did Conley's whole career. Uh, the thing is, if they do choose the opposite route, I think that they have the guys they have right now have the highest trade value they'll ever have. Bain will never be a higher trade value. Brooks will probably never be a higher trade value. Brandon Clark, uh, Jaron Jackson, if they were to trade him, all those guys will never be higher than they were this season. Even a guy like Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Been bouncing around the league a little bit. Got, you know, some teams have ruled him unworthy to be on the, on the, uh, a roster. Even this the other the guard time. they have is really good. Melton? D'Anthony yeah, Melton. yeah, Melton. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm looking at that and I say, okay, well, do we bring these back and these guys back and where are we? Or, I have all these guys at the highest value probably of their lifetimes. Is now the time I trade two or three of them and go for someone like Beal, like Levine, you know, any of those guys who are kind of open to being moved? Yeah. Uh, I think you have to really consider that. Even a, even a, a big, if they were to go for a big or a forward, um, since Jaron Jackson shoots so many threes, you may I could see them maybe trying to go for a Randall, going for uh, a John Collins. I don't know, whatever. But I could see them looking at the roster and say, these guys can go now. We have Ja coming back full strength. If we don't lose much, keep the core I could see them being contenders, but they, I don't think they're contenders with this team next season. And and I think I, I will, we could disagree on that, but what kind of proves my point is they they have the option to do either one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. To your point of all their guys are extremely valuable. They they clearly know how to win games. So even if maybe they're not a contender, they're still going to be making noise next year. Oh, they will for sure. For right. Sure. So to me, having like literally any kind of direction option you could choose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in good shape. They are in good shape, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very 100%. excited to see like their off season if they do decide to be active could be very interesting. It could. Really, really, really could. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do you have anything to say about the Warriors, really? Um. It's interesting how they're like they're probably the only team in the league that still has a switch. Yeah. Where you used to like ten years ago you used to be able to watch the NBA and like three to five teams had a legitimate switch yeah. that could they could just elevate and like go from maybe they're having a tough time in the first round to like four one quickly. Yep. Now most of the teams in the league are either too young, too limited, just like don't know how to win yet golden yeah. state has all that 
Yep, you're right. <clears throat> so, uh, you're right. I, I, besides that, I mean, nothing about their play style surprised me. And they, and to me, they really haven't even fully flipped the switch yet. Nah. That and that's the scary part because you, any team can try to prepare for how they've been playing, but you can't prepare for Steph to be on. You can't yeah. prepare for Pool to be on. You can't prepare for Clay to be on. And you definitely can't prepare for all three of them to be on. There's nothing, there's just no preparation <laughs> that could possibly be done. And, and really, they're... they've all just been kind of off. Yeah. But that's like, that's something that happens in the playoffs. And showing that you could win not shooting the ball well is, again, what separates you from the all the other playoff teams to making a deep run. Yeah. Yep. And and I think we'll talk more about the Warriors when we discuss their matchup. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's really all I have to say about them just reacting to this series. Okay. Uh, let's take it back to the East. Um, 76ers and Heat. Um, I think there was only one game left after our last recording, wasn't there? Or two, maybe? Nah, because we went after the first two games, didn't we? Oh, Embiid didn't come back yet. And Bead was back like right after we went, I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Embiid came back, and they made it competitive. Uh, but you know, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward, it's over. He looked fantastic in the last game to me. Yeah. Uh, Again, we could talk Miami with the matchup. This was yeah. a tough series to really analyze Miami because, I mean, they just play. They were better. Yeah, and Embiid not being there, and even when Embiid came back, it just it just didn't. He was hurt. Didn't man. completely he looked, flow. He looked hurt. He was moving hurt, and it, it's yeah. not like it was limiting what he could do. I, I know he didn't really play well a couple of the games, but the effort was there the whole time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. This one is it is tough to talk about a lot. Uh, but obviously, we talked about Harden for so long last time. Um, he just and he managed to exceed expectations. He just does not look like he wants to win anymore to me, and and I'll say that just based off the last game because the uh, game it went six games. Yeah. Game five was that the game he played great. Four. Uh, the the last one they won. He played well. Game four. Game four. Yeah, he played fantastic really good energy like, was very yeah. competitive on both ends i yep. i thought he'd keep playing that way honestly yeah and the thing is as a basketball player usually especially someone at his echelon usually you get a taste of that you know and it's like you, you know, build on to that. a vampire yeah you, once you get a taste of how good it feels to dominate again I don't understand why you don't just go do it again and again. And the thing is, it's not like Harden isn't good. To me, I just see the lack of him trying to dominate. I don't see him going out there even trying to get buckets. You know, he took least amount of shots over like a 20-game span than he has his whole career. I mean, what can you say about someone like that? Honestly, I wanted to come on here and be like, you know, Harden played great, they lost. Harden played like trash, he lost. But of course, Harden had to prove my point. 
of I've called him a loser for what a year plus now, two years. Yeah. And what's really disturbing is even though people haven't really engaged to be that harsh on him like I have. Yeah. I haven't heard a single human being disagree with me on that. Right. And like now with what just happened, it, the the basketball world is not surprised. I know it's it's almost like they're just tired. They're so tired of even wondering what what the problem is. That I, they I mean, honestly, how can you it. not call that a Paul Crew moment? <laughs> he it looked like he was yeah. shaving points. Yeah. Bro, not a single cut. Not a single cut. Not one time do you get low and move your feet. Not once. I mean, the disgusting turnovers, not one time do you sprint back. Right. I mean, dude, you laughed. Forget, before I talk about what what you laughed at, the first thing you said coming into this series was he was going to be a threat. He couldn't even do that. No, he couldn't. And I really thought he was. I mean, in that, the times where he was, they looked good. I know, then, I know. And all he has to do, like, please, James, I just need you to try. And that's the one thing he couldn't do. Yeah. That that yeah. was just so... It was just disappointing, man. Because you were laughing at me talking about Tyrese Maxey being their second best player. He was their <laughs> second best player the whole series. When he when he wanted to be, and the thing is, I saw I could see his energy getting sucked out of him too. Yeah, that last series. game, one thousand percent. And and other times when I'm like, Maxi is normally aggressive in this situation, and Maxi was doing nothing. Yeah. And the thing is, Harden, at least will dribble the ball for twenty seconds of the shot clock. Maxi will literally do nothing if he's not doing anything. He's literally doing nothing. And that makes it even worse when you have two guys out there not being aggressive. It was a, it was a disaster. But like, and you can't have expectations for a second year guy who's just now coming into like a prominent rotation role. But if he's done it all season, I can. I mean, but he did it all my, season. My star guard quit on the team. No, I I understand, but that doesn't mean Maxi has to quit on the team too. He didn't. He didn't. He still got shots. He still attacked when he when there was some fucking movement in the offense. Yeah, but listen, we watched Maxi play four on five one time, right? Yeah. I know that of all people, I don't expect him to quit on the team, but of all people on the entire roster, I expect him to be the one guy who's always aggressive. That's like the only thing. That I expect out of him, but but honestly, and I was surprised I just, when he wasn't. It, it's just tough as the game went on. Embiid is trying so hard, and he was playing awful. But like he was almost trying too hard, where he's trying to like die for every rebound and and like make every hustle play. Meanwhile, he can't make a fucking jumper to save his life. But again, a guy's battling through a ton of injuries. He's at least trying. At least we could come on here and say, yo, Embiid needed to be better. Yeah. But, I mean, Tobias yep. needed to be better. Maxi needed to be better. But at least I'm not looking at them like they, they got to compete harder. Right. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, uh, again, Harden just, just sucked the fucking life out the team as 
I expected him to do. What are we going to say about the coaching? And the last point, I guess, because besides <laughs> that, I mean, there's really nothing else to say about their roster. Right. Uh, besides the names we mentioned, nobody else has any significant impact. No. <clears throat> Doc, he just sucks, bro. Like, honestly. <laughs> And, and it's, I, I say that obviously he's not a bad NBA coach. I mean, he had yeah. a historic collapse with the Clippers, immediately got a job, and none of us had a problem with it. He's had a historic collapse with every every team he's had. And the thing is, we know he's good enough to be an NBA coach, but we know what comes with that. Every team he's had has had crippling uh, personality issues within the team every single time and the big three demolished it was like it that much talent ray pierce still don't talk to each other like to this day <laughs> for what happened under doc's watch that we've got nba hall of famers that still aren't friends a from, decade later yeah they could barely have a real a real exchange at like like common award shows yes yeah i just i, I, I don't seen... understand why doc had to come into the series putting a target on his own back like doc you go from reminding us of your of your like worst moments in history how they weren't your fault he, and he laid all of them out yeah yeah, yeah. so you put the old, your old target on your own back and then at the end of the series, you lose. You lost. And you have the yeah. nerve to say, I, I think I do a damn good job. Who says that after a loss? Right. Doc, you're employed. You just got put in the top 15 coaches of all time. Doc, obviously you do a good job. Yeah. The fact that you need to hear it, I mean... That's, maybe that's part of the fucking leadership problem that you've had on every roster. Right. I mean, beyond beyond Doc just, like I said, putting a target on the, on the team's back, I mean, what is this rotation? Terrible. I talked about it the first two games. Everybody in the fucking league knows DeAndre Jordan's washed up except Doc. Right. I mean, bro, bro, listen to the, their sixth man was Niang. Did he make a fucking three-pointer all series? It didn't look like <laughs> it, one, even if he did. He had one good game. One good game. He, I think he hit two in one game. I missed that one. Good for him. But he was <laughs> abysmal in every game that I watched. Yeah, he was. He was bad. And he played up until the end of the series. He's playing the most minutes by far of any bench player. Yeah. Bro, I think like, he was. Doc, Doc, what are we doing? He's literally doing nothing. You're, you're like, you're ruining your rotation, putting a guy out there to do nothing. And get exposed. And then at the end of the series, Doc decided, wow, I have, uh, like, the rest of my roster that I can maybe turn to. Maybe I'll start playing Moss a little bit more. Maybe I'll start playing Shake Mil All of a sudden, game six, Shake Milton's my sixth man. I know. I didn't see Moss for three games. I saw Shake in there trying to get something done. I didn't see Paul Millsap the whole series. The whole series? Yeah. 
I mean, we just saw it with Nash not playing Blake. And Doc turns around and just plays Niang. Bro, Niang, who has no real rotation experience, no real playoff minutes that he's spent contributing, and he's your sixth man? I would think Paul Millsap has the most playoff minutes on the roster. You're probably right. Other than Harden, maybe. But I, I can't imagine anyone else having more playoff minutes and not and getting a DNP healthy. I'm definitely picking. I don't care. I haven't seen Paul Millsap play in a year, and I'm definitely picking him over kneeing. A hundred percent, bro. And I don't. I'm the same. I'm on the same page. I haven't liked Millsap in half a decade. Yeah. I mean, even when he was getting actual minutes on Denver, I wanted him out of the lineup. Right, but that was only because Jeremy Grant was so good. Right. Like, like now, I want him in the lineup because there's nobody else better. Like, you bro, know? you're in the playoffs. You need smart basketball players on the court. You can't right. have them on the fucking sitting on the fucking bench while DeAndre Jordan is playing. Right. And and it felt like he never wanted to give Reed a good amount of clock. I know. Whole Reed like series. made one. Every time Reed fouled once, he came out the game. I mean, one foul. I mean, Doc, what are we doing? We're trying to play zone against the best zone team in the league. We're not getting any of our playmakers in the good spots. Harden is quitting on the team, and we're going into timeouts still like this. Yeah. Bro, after the fucking bubble, I would think you'd cut that shit out. After getting yep. fucking after getting torched by Trey Young last year, I would think you would cut that shit out. <laughs> I mean, Doc still thinks it's okay. The team is playing absolutely disgusting, and I'm gonna go in the timeout clapping my hands like we're we're right there. <laughs> you always get on Doc for clapping his hands. Bro, he does it when they're playing like ass. You've been getting on him for that for like since eight the bubbles. No, no, no. Since the bubble, when three straight games they're blowing leads, and he's just like this the whole time. <laughs> he's already getting exposed with his fucking huddles getting leaked out with him not saying shit. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, bro, we gotta talk into, about that a little more too later. He goes into coaches. the fourth quarter giving the coach's interview. We have plenty of time. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I swear to God, he goes into the fourth. Let me just paint the whole picture. He goes into the fourth quarter on the verge of getting blown out. Uh huh. They interview him. He says, you know, obviously we got to clean things up, like mentions a couple of things you're doing poorly, um, and says, like, we have plenty of time. Uh huh. Two minutes later, the game is over. And he calls a timeout when the game is completely out of reach after, of course, a hardened turnover. Yep. Clapping his fucking hands. The team went from <laughs> on the verge of blowout to blown the fuck out. And he's still like yep. this. <laughs> I can't I can't deal with that shit, honestly. <sighs> yeah. I get like, it. You gotta have and we're gonna talk about another coach in in a similar manner, but you have to have a real voice. You can't just be like Guys, let's make sure we're all sticking together. Right. Like, that's not enough. Right. Otherwise, Steph wouldn't even need Draymond Green on the fucking team. Right. But, 
again, I expected some level of self-awareness from Doc, and I got none of it. And yet, the team has full conf- the, the management of the team has full confidence that he'll do a good job moving forward. Right. Good luck. <laughs> Especially with Harden there. Especially with Harden there. That was a letdown, man. <laughs> and they made it, Jimmy Butler look look like a fucking like a easy Hall of Famer. Without even breaking a sweat. Right. Yeah. Yep. Where do you think Philly goes is the question. Do they pay Harden? <laughs> did you wait real quick? Did you see the meme of <laughs> of people saying what Doc's clipboard looks like and is like a uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Oh anyway, uh, uh, where do they go from here with Harden or without? Are you asking me? Do they go Wh- with Harden? Which would you prefer? Um, I would go with Harden. Me personally. Really? Yeah, because if you don't, like, what are you gonna? What else are you gonna do? Like, what's their other option? It's either with Harden or without him. And I'd rather be with him than without him. You're right. Because Looking if, if you let him go, right. yeah. If you let him go, shake Milton starting at the two. Yeah, I mean, probably like if Cork-Moss, we let him go, probably Corkmoss, but yeah. If we let him go and get nothing, I, I'm starting Korkmaz or and or Niang, because Danny Green is going to miss all the next season. Yeah, shout so, out to Danny Green, by the way. That sucked. I know. MB needs to stop freaking falling down, bro. He it's literally fell down that whole down. game. Oh, my God. I, the whole game. Yeah. Every fucking other play, he's on the floor. Yep. So, to me, I'd rather go out there with Harden and – just see what he has left next year. Give him a chance to get better and, you know, get into shape this this summer. Yeah. If he doesn't, he just doesn't. Then we figure it out next season. But I wouldn't go um, – I don't know if I'd give him the Supermax, but I think I would definitely bring him back next season because you I don't I see think, them picking anybody else up. I, I think Harden is uh, – I think Harden will take a pay cut. I think he will too. I think he's going to take a pay cut, and then we're going to see the same thing next year. It was kind of weird, by the way, that he just kind of threw Doc under the bus. Yeah, he did. That was so, like, it didn't really look like he quit because of Doc. Right. I never really saw the entire series. I didn't see them, like, disagreeing or having issues. And Doc is a guy, if he has issues with somebody on his own team, you know it. Right. But I didn't really see anything. He said it directly last season. Right, and all of a sudden, no comment. By, right. by the way, him saying the ball didn't find me, one of the weakest excuses I've ever heard Who? of. Harden said that? Yeah. He said when they asked him, like, James, you know, obviously if any human being who just watched the game would have been like, yo, how did you only take two shots in the second half? The ball didn't find me. I moved the ball, the ball didn't find me. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever, Harden. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> These are the two series we got to spend a lot of time breaking down. 
Uh, let's go. Let's stay in the east. Let's let's finish the best for yes. last. Yes. Um. Okay. Boston and Milwaukee. Great series. Uh, fantastic series. Um. I don't remember who we picked. I feel like we both. Picked I picked Milwaukee both. in seven. Or did I pick Boston oh. in seven? I might have picked Boston in seven. I feel like we both picked Boston, but I don't remember. So I know everyone I definitely listening, picked seven. Everyone listening, disregard whatever we said last time because we don't remember. But I definitely wanted Boston to win. I um, remember riding the Boston high of uh, dominating Brooklyn coming into the series. Yeah, yeah, yep. So here we are. Uh, Milwaukee, how would you describe what happened in Milwaukee? Disappointing. You think it was trash? No. I mean, it, it was, yeah, I mean, like, they got dominated in the second half. Yeah. Um, But they just, like, nobody can make a fucking shot all game. Yep. You know, I mean... A lot of their issues from that game seven were things that mm-hmm. had been problems for them. Yeah. And I think game seven was really the first time I'm looking at them struggling. And they struggled against Chicago a little bit in this series at other points. But game yeah. seven was the first time I'm like, damn, Middleton needs to be out there. Right. And, and this game, believe it or not, I think this was the game I think – I noticed, like, the Celtics strapping them the least. Like, the other other few games, even the game they won, I felt like the Celtics' defense was really, really good the entire game. This game, I really didn't notice the Celtics' defense that much. I just noticed Milwaukee missing shots. Everybody. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday was forcing. All and day. even though his stats looked good at the end of the game, he played I think awful. he played, yeah, he played really, really bad. Um, Greek Freak was missing finger rolls, missing Euro steps. Like, he missed, like, the right hand on the left side, uh, Euro, like, three times in this game. And he can just dunk that. For some some reason, he decided to go with the finger roll and miss all of them. Um, so I, I don't know what else you can ask them to do if they're just missing that kind of stuff. I think Drew Holiday was missing a lot of easy shots too uh and then the role players just most of them just didn't show up um you mentioned bobby porter's lost composure really early uh grayson allen was non-existent non-existent didn't even need uh, to dress i didn't know pat McCon- i didn't know pat Connaughton was playing i didn't re- realize he was out there for a while so yeah, man. I, they just folded to me. This was just a fold by Milwaukee. I think Boston played fantastic. Obviously, they set records. Grant Williams set a record. He got his career high. Uh, most threes ever made in a Game 7. Most threes ever taken in a Game 7. Most threes ever taken in a Game 7 in the third quarter. He had the record for that at the third quarter. He was 7 for 15, <laughs> and the record was 7 for 15 by Steph Curry. So Grant Williams broke the three-point record on them. And this is my this is what I said I've been saying this about Boston for I want to say four straight years. Boston 
if you let Boston be spectacular, you can't beat them. But they may only be able to beat you being spectacular. And that that's the thing. If Milwaukee let if you let Grant Williams get 15 threes off, you're going to lose to Boston. And that might be the only way Boston was going to beat them in this game is with Grant Williams shooting like Steph Curry. So dude, with Boston, it's really tough. Like Boston could easily lose to Miami this next round and yeah. and yet they could easily be the next NBA champion. Yeah. Like their highs and lows are so dynamic. And yeah. like Boston's roster is 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 complete to me. I know you you're still on the the whole thing that they need a point guard. They well, need to just commit to like like moving the ball. I saw it all year when they moved the ball even when they didn't have good games, the quality of shots is there. The only reason why I don't say they're complete is because it's because you get almost nothing from so many of the guys off the bench. Peyton Pritchard has been play, has played fantastic. Hold on, listen, listen to me. Okay, I'm here. Peyton Pritchard has played fantastic, but Tice didn't even play in the last game. They didn't need him at all. Derek White has just been a roster filler this entire series <laughs> just for uh just to give guys a blow they throw Derek white in there they're starting six i've been saying this for years they have the best starting six in basketball they've had it since Kyrie was there um and maybe they had it the year before Kyrie was there they're starting six there's no there hasn't been a better starting six in basketball for the last five years but that's it <laughs> the rest of the team the rest of the team might as well not even dress out sometimes. I, I look at their roster differently. <laughs> and we we for some Bro, reason just Did don't... you see how bad Derek White was this series? Offensively, yes. He's <laughs> bad all around. No no no. He's a capable <laughs> defender. He did a good job on Giannis a couple times. Look Yeah, but White but is there like Grayson Allen wide open. You can stop Giannis, but you can't stop Grayson Allen from hitting open threes. Dude, White, I'll give you White. You're right. He, he had a bad, a very bad series. Tice had a good series. Bro, Tice barely played. <laughs> That's my point. Tice comes in there. He gets stops. He gets rebounds. He gets foul fouls called on him, of course. And misses every open jump shot. Bro, but it's not like he's getting eight of them and going 0 for 8. He's getting, like, three <laughs> shots. He doesn't make any of them. And you're like, yo, he's fucking ass out there. <laughs> like, what do you expect? <laughs> when you say a roster is, is complete, is Tyson and Derek White, are they on that roster? Yes. A hundred percent. First of all, first of all, your top ten can't have all guys that are great. I... We know that, bro. Miami does. Miami's different. Miami's the deepest fucking team in the league by Memphis far. Memphis does. No, they do not. They don't have ten good players. They have ten good players, but not ten players who can have a significant impact every night. They had a significant impact in this series. I can't bro, say every night in this bro, series. Boston has Jones. everything you need. Their starting six <laughs> is impeccable. They could go toe to toe with anybody. It's been that way. 
It's been that way for years. Bro, Al Horford, Grant Williams. They're like, in the starting six. They're in the starting. Robert Williams. He's, yeah. What's that? That's three? Yeah. Then Brown, Tatum, and Smart. That's six. Who else is there? What do you mean? That's the six. Okay, but then you got guys who contribute off the bench. Pritchard has had a good two rounds. Yes. Pritchard's played good all the season. All season? You're sleeping <laughs> on him. All he season. does is go out there and get buckets. He does, absolutely. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they can't upgrade any. Like, obviously, every team can upgrade something. But Boston yeah. is Boston has is showing that they don't they're not missing anything. <clears throat> okay. Like, I, I'm not I'm not going to argue like, with that. Like yeah, Derek White can make shots, but they can win <laughs> games with him being a trash can cuz they're a good team. Listen, Sacramento wins games. Stop, Houston wins dude. games. That doesn't mean they're a good team. <laughs> what? Anyone can Boston win games. wins playoff games. Listen, I, I, like I said, if you set an NBA record in the playoff game, I expect you to beat everybody. If Grant Williams sets an all-time three-point game seven record, they shouldn't lose to one the guy. Ninety-five Bulls. <laughs> one guy. No, but it's it's who it is. If if uh, if Tatum set a playoff game seven record it wouldn't be a big deal but the fact that grant williams is doing it and i already know tatum is giving you know getting 30 grant williams think about that if you already know tatum and brown are getting their average and grant williams sets the three-point record that's the automatic 30 from grant williams that's 24 it has to be think about it no i get it i just i just think that Williams showing that he can make open shots is now more reliably keeping the space open. It is. It it's is. not like I know the record was a shock, but he shot the ball well most of the series. Mm-hmm. He he shot the ball well all year. But he's he's but he set his career high Bro, in this game. I just my point. That's, that's all I'm saying. We just good, watched Boston setting a career high. That again, that was a outlier to his norm. I'm I'm with that. It was. It was. But my point is Boston just showed despite of what you think of them, they walked into a series with Milwaukee. Peyton Pritchard was a dynamic role player. Grant Williams was a dynamic role player. Al Horford was a dynamic role player. That's three. Al Horford played fantastic. Yeah. Al and Horford was the best big man in the playoffs in the series. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But again, to me, I I trust those three names to be capable of that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Grant Williams is not going to need to hit the record. But if, if Miami decides to play defense like Milwaukee just did, then he's going to get a lot of shots. And a year right. ago, I would have been holding my head like, oh, no, like you, you have a problem on your hands. Yeah. Now I'm confident that Brown is moving the ball for a good reason. I'm confident when Tatum moves the ball for it's for a good reason. That was not the case before. Well, why do you think Miami can beat them? I think Jimmy Butler is more self-aware than than Brown and Tatum, Tatum. and Brown. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
And this series Jimmy, is a toss-up to me, but I, I trust Miami's play style a little bit more. Jimmy amazes me with the lack of exertion he can he has to give to to be the best player single-handedly yeah beat teams by himself basically um another reason doc sucked by the way he allowed jimmy butler to beat them by himself without even working hard that was but that was the game plan that's the part that blows my mind as long as jimmy butler is scoring we can beat them I just that's like the weirdest logic I've ever heard in my entire life. I just can't as long as fathom. the best player When gets have you 50, ever thought of a best player that way? Like who has ever approached defending a best player by saying we want them to shoot instead of pass? I've never heard that before in my that's life. That's not even like this doesn't even make sense. Never in my life. Never. And I mean he's by far the best score he was the best scorer on either team. In, in this series so it's like I, I just don't get it as long as he's not passing why would you want <laughs> him shooting over uh, Gabe Vincent that yeah I don't Hope know he doesn't or pass. even like Harden Harden is a guy like he couldn't guard and he just kept leaving him on him right like you just you asking Miami to get easy baskets <laughs> yeah no, but yeah, to this so. to this Boston point, maybe maybe they're not flawless, but in my opinion, they're complete enough to win the East. I agree. There's no more like they got to go to the off season and do this. The coaching change yeah. was made; it was exactly what they needed. The team yeah. is ready. Like it's up to their dynamic duo to now to see what works and what doesn't. And they're but still I, struggling to figure it out, I think. I completely agree. But I've also felt that way for five seasons. That's the only thing. I've felt that they were good enough to win the East since Isaiah Thomas was there. I've felt that way every yeah. year. And they let me down every single year. And guess what has never changed? They haven't had a good point guard any of those years. They went, one time they had a good point guard, he's two inches taller than me so we'll see that's the only we'll see how it hurts them moving forward but i think they're beyond the point of like they've shown they could play together well enough to not need a point guard to me i i agree i agree with that because the, the other thing is if they got a point guard then someone else doesn't play right and it would probably be Derek white based on how he's playing so you lose something. If you get something, you have to lose something. That, so, I'm not saying that them getting the point guard makes them automatically better because it may make them worse. But I think that, like you said, they would have less flaws. I'd ha- I'd feel more confident for them in this game. But um, I mean, in the series. Yeah. <clears throat> but make your prediction. Who? What you got? Miami uh, or Boston? In how many games? Or do you not want to? I understand I you don't want to. Miami and seven. Miami and seven? It's going to be a tough one. I don't think it's going to seven. Uh, I'm going to go Miami and... I'll go Miami and six. Okay. 
I think Boston wins both. And their obviously, home games. we'll have a lot to talk about the first couple games. I, I'm very curious how it looks because yeah. I mean we're making predictions, but to me, this the way Boston has played, it's impossible to predict what they're going to look like. I want Boston. I want Boston in six, but I think Miami is better, and I think they'll win. But I genuinely want Boston in six, and I genuinely want a Boston Warriors finals. That's my agenda for uh, any future reference. Miami needs another crack at it. Miami Miami needs another crack after the bubble run. I'm sick of seeing Miami in the finals. I'm done with it. Hey, that's the the bubble one was so disgusting to me. The bubble one made me so disgusted. I never want to see it again. The guys quit every a new player quit every single game that that series. Oh, Jimmy doesn't want to play this game. Bam doesn't want to play the next game. Uh, who else do they have? Who was the point guard? Dragic. Oh, Drag- yeah, Dragic got hurt one game. He came back. He played. He looked great. Then he couldn't finish the next game. It was just I'm like. This sucks, man. I don't even want you guys to make the finals if you're going to do that. Hey, and Miami figured all that out. Now, when Lowry's not right, Gabe, Vincent, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Struess, you got it. Miami has like 12 good players. That shit is sick. 12 out of 13. (laughs) And they all play great. Where they find guys, but they look somewhere where nobody else does. Or they develop in a way that nobody else does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last series. 24 hours has gone by, and I thought I would have a more concise, like, detailed perspective on what I saw. But I don't. So feel free to start off. What did you think? Um... You ever say something about somebody knowing it's controversial, but you, in your heart, you really want to be wrong, but you know you're right. So it's cool that you were right, but you're actually disappointed that it wasn't even a debate. Yep. That's how I felt about Booker and CP in this game. We talked just a week ago, talked about our the best scorers in the league. I, what we say, top seven? Yeah. And I put him above you because I gave him more props than Donovan, uh, which, you know, yeah. in hindsight, I'm not sure why. <laughs> he wasn't even in – he wasn't in my seven. But <clears throat> I mentioned this, again, off air. It, this, this just happens because we don't record every day. Like, we're not – you know, we don't work for ESPN, obviously. So – my issue all season with the Suns, I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, was that they didn't have to make adjustments the whole season. They just played the same way every single night, regardless of who was playing or not. Same game plan every night. Like, Monty weren't, didn't even drop a new game plan. Weren't tested all year. Weren't tested all year. Uh, I heard a stat from J.J. Redick today. They were like top five in mid-range points, bottom five in three-point three-pointers, layups, and free throw attempts. Bottom five in the league, and had the best record in the league at one point. 
So you get to the playoffs. It goes back to my point of shot selection. Shot selection was disgusting. But worst of all, in this particular game seven, they just didn't take any shots. They said, you know what? We're going to fix our shot selection by CP and Booker only taking 11 shots in the first half. 11. And Booker didn't make any of them. I think CP had made one. I, I think you're too far ahead. I, I think. Oh, you, you want to start with the beginning of this game? Yeah. The first quarter? The first, what, four or five possessions? Oh, actually, let me start earlier in this, season, in this series when Booker and CP were mocking Doncic and joking about him. And, you know, ask questions about Doncic and they act like he's chopped liver. Act like he's a scrub. Trying to surprise, bully surprise. Uh, Brunson once yeah. upon a time. Dis- yep. Disregarding Spencer Dinwiddie once upon a time. Yep. Um, Su- surprise, <clears throat> surprise, fellas. I-, I can't. There's no explanation for a game seven from the number one, from the best team in the fucking league. Regardless of why mid range three, I don't give a shit why they were the best team in the league. They got to a game seven again, regardless of how they got there, and nobody in Phoenix uniforms showed up to the game. At all. At all. I mean, Aiton quit three plays into the game. Yeah. And Monty benched them basically and, for the and rest of the game. And to be honest with you, this is this is where and I didn't text you the entire first quarter because I, I like I couldn't fathom that Phoenix would be this stupid for the entirety of the game and it somehow yeah. was worse. You come out Monty, you you haven't been able to stop Luca for six games now. Right. You you just lost a finals. You're really motivated because you just lost a finals because you you yeah. wouldn't stop a guy like you're supposed to. Um Right. So game 7 we decide to guard pick and rolls, which by the way, we talked about this is Dallas's only offense. Yes. Either either Doncic, Brunson, Dinwiddie, ISO or they run a pick and roll. There's nothing else. Yeah. Usually a flat screen at the top of the key. Right. And they, the guards just go head down straight to the basket. For some reason, game seven, the pick and roll game plan, again, again, the most important aspect of your defense, because it's all they run, mm-hmm. is for the Luka defenders to fight over screens. Yes. I mean, is, is it really a good idea to ask your defenders to work harder to stop one of the highest IQ scorers ever. No, no trap, no like, no double, no nope. trying to like ice him to go a specific way. He's coming nope. off of the fucking pick, and Bridges is obviously he can't recover because Luca again is a Hall of Fame IQ player. He knows how to execute a pick and roll. Yep. He got the eight and switch the first five plays. And I, I believe that's why Aiton was upset in this game. Because he's like, why why do I keep having to guard Luka? 100%. And, and obviously, I don't... It's unacceptable that he just, like, quit and fucking sulked. Obviously, that's unacceptable. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the whole first quarter, I'm like, bro, 
they almost put Aiton out there to look bad on purpose. Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't played him real starter minutes all year, by the way. That's kind of weird. Yeah. And then and then they're, they're trying to throw him out there to get stops, like, as the game is, is out of control. Yep. That, to me, that just set a whole precedent of the team is confused the whole first half. The team can't comprehend that Dallas is matching and exceeding their energy the whole first half. In in Phoenix, not on a neutral ground. We're not talking about the fucking in March Phoenix. Madness tournament. Game in seven Phoenix. in your building. I don't know this, but this has to be the worst beatdown, home beatdown ever be. in a game seven. It ha- by a team that, like we talked about, dominated the the year. It just shows you that they have been overrated the entire year. This whole playoffs, not just this series, because obviously one game doesn't show anything. But this whole playoffs, they almost lost to the Pelicans, dude. They were one game away from possibly losing to the Pelicans. And the Pelicans would be in this situation. And then now, Monty Williams. Listen, man. I know Monty Williams has been through a lot. Good dude, been around the league, coach under some of the greatest coaches, had some good opportunities. Dude, you can't just be the nicest guy in the locker room and that be your strategy for the games. And that be your strategy, your team structure. Hey, you know, I really care about these guys. You know, I, I they really wanted to win this, so I really just felt sorry for them. Like, we asked you why you lost this game. Oh, uh, what'd you say to these guys? Oh, I, I just told them... Man, I know you guys wanted this bad from last year. Dude, can you tell us why you guys just got exposed by 40? Can you tell us why you couldn't guard the pick and rolls? Can you tell us why you actually just... They weren't even pick and rolls sometimes. The dude would just come up and flash, and and then they would It's like slip it. He's slipping it just to get out the way. (laughs) It makes me think this Phoenix team is the most overrated team that has ever existed. And you... And I'll tell you, the only reason I say that is because every player on this team was up for an award, basically. Cam Johnson was up for six man of the year. Mikael Bridges was up for defensive player of the year. They both got exposed in this game, in this series. Booker was up for MVP. He got MVP votes. He didn't even... I forgot he was even there at one point. He didn't even take more than seven shots in the first half. He wasn't even on track to get 20 shots in this game. CP only had two assists until the fourth quarter, until garbage minutes, where he just started getting assists for some reason. Like, yo, my numbers suck. We're down 40. Let me make some good passes. What were they doing? I don't understand. You know what's I don't interesting? Even know why I, what's what? interesting to me is we watched the game seven before, and I thought yeah. Budenholzer made a, a mistake where he said, we're going to really commit to containing Jalen and Jason's drives. But because yeah. we're really committing to that, Grant Williams is free to shoot them all day. Yeah. And Grant Williams killed them. But that's yeah. a gamble. I, I understand taking that risk, especially not being able to stop the two stars. Yeah, but after, again, after he's already beat the record in the third quarter, like, you got to make a change. Yeah, at that point, they, the they didn't change the, the game, the defensive game plan, which, again, was Boonholzer's mistake. But 
But I, I'm with you. I understand. If you're thinking, I'm going to let Grant Williams beat us, not Jason or, or Jalen. I'm with you that. a thousand percent. Yeah. Bro, like, I, I'm assuming they didn't watch Utah. <laughs> like, bro, all you have to do to Dallas is not disrespect tried. them. Yeah, Utah did try. At least try. Utah tried. Yeah. Yeah. Up until the very end, thank God. Yeah. But, like, you can't disrespect a team that puts five shooters on the fucking court. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there again watching the game in the first quarter, and, and it didn't get, like, disgustingly bad until mid-second quarter. But yeah. you, even with your initial text, like, you know, this game is, has an interesting start. It's kind of odd. How yeah. only one team has energy and the other team is just confused about everything. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. You, you've you gotten blown out three times in the last four games coming into this game. Yep. We're, we're really going to fight over screens. We're not going to do anything else but fight over screens. Right. I, like, I, I don't know what they expected. Obviously, if they shot it better, they maybe can make it a game. But Dallas would probably have blown them out regardless, considering, again, Finney Smith hasn't missed the entire playoffs. Guys are still leaving him wide fucking open. Yeah. Like, seriously, Bullock Bullock somehow became an elite defender as this series went on. CP, Book, I, how does that happen? Who, who won game six? Dallas. Booker didn't make a three in the second half of game six. Nope. None, not, nobody shot well in game six. I, I can't even talk about Phoenix's backcourt. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, bro, CP going out there in the fourth quarter and padding his fucking stats. Yeah. It made me that like, was gross. I seriously never want to. I don't want to talk about him the rest of the summer after that shit. Yeah, that at, was nasty. At least Harden, at least Harden quit and like, uh, like legitimately quit. He didn't try to fake like he was actually playing when it was a fucking blowout. Yeah. I mean, CP, bro, uh, forget Pat Bev calling you a cone because you know what cones don't do? They don't reach. CP, we're not going to stay in front of anybody. We're just going to fucking reach. I mean, like, game seven, CP, really? That's not not game one, not like a home game when we're up 3-1. Game seven, we're going to reach for everything. And pad stats. And the other thing is... um, Monty Williams, this is back back to him real quick. Most coaches, when they know that a switch is coming, they put the better defender on the guy that'll get switched. But Monty like did the opposite. Like I like Cam Johnson, and he's not a bad defender. But for him to be the switch guy to get switched on to Luka was a disaster. It, it was a disaster from the beginning of the game. I don't think I... I don't remember a possession of Crowder guarding Luka in this entire game. Do you? Mm-mm. So, and is there a doubt that he's their first or second best defender? Maybe. I saw Bridges get exposed a few times. So, at that point, we're like, Crowder, can you try guarding him for a second? But Why don't do, you get on this guy who's going to switch? They really left. No adjustments. They left Luca on an island the entire series. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of a dumber way to guard him. 
I think the Clippers they made, the Clippers would have got sent home two years in a row if they did that the whole time. They made Luka look a lot better than he is in this series, in my opinion. <clears throat> Luka's think, really, really good, but he he's not like I mean, I guess he is beat your team by himself good, but he's not beat a contender by himself good like they made him seem in this series. I agree. I completely agree, but when when you allow him to like dictate who guards him, you, right? I mean, LeBron dominated the East doing that. I mean, Everybody like, can bro, dominate doing CP, that. P, you know what that looks like. Yeah, because he loves that. That's that's your game. Yeah. I was just like Booker. I'll, I'll I could give Booker some excuse because he has an opportunity to redeem himself. You know. He could have a whole redemption of him focusing and playing the right way. CP, I, I hate that I'm going to remember you like this. I don't think Booker can redeem himself because I don't... I think that... I mean, Booker can redeem himself for not playing good. But I think Booker now has, you know, the he's not that guy thing. I think that's stamped on him. It's tattooed on him now. I don't think that's ever going to change. And he needs it. I think this this series made it official. He he does. And and I mentioned this, and this was kind of an aside from our scorers com- conversation, but at no point in the season do I, did I feel like Booker had a weight on his shoulders to win games for this team. I think he was just a really good – I mean, he's not a role player, but he played like he was just a really good role player. He hit shots, and he played within the system – cool but when they lost games i never felt like man booker tried to put the team on his back and he just didn't give enough i never felt even when they won games i never felt like oh booker had to take over and if it was him or nobody else i've seen games where he just shot good but it's i don't see this the heroics that i see out of a go-to scorer out of an mvp candidate and and i saw it out of derozan there's no excuse for that because we look at Boston, a team who's essentially complete. Tatum yes. doesn't have to do heroics for them to be a great team. No, Tatum doesn't. has seen the the details it takes for the team to take the next step. And he's yeah. him and Brown are making the effort. Yeah. I haven't seen but that we from see, Booker yet. But we see when he needs to do heroics, we see it happen. When the signal goes in the sky, we see Tatum do his thing i don't see that out of booker the signal was in the sky this whole series and And just played off the team the whole time exactly and he did that for a lot of this season but it's easier when you know you got to take over against the rockets than it is when you have to take over against a playoff team but we see other guys the donovans the lucas the tatums the jimmy butlers obviously everybody on the warriors i mean the big three on the warriors when it's time to go go off, flip the switch, and like, yo, we're gonna win or lose by what I do in this game, we see it happen. But Booker isn't the we win or lose through me kind of guy. No. And you can't have that as your best player. That is definitely not your best scorer. I, I just, just can't. I, I'm not as disappointed in him because I always kind of looked at him as like a pure scorer. I never gave him the credit of. You know, the, guy. being the complete player, being the leader. I never really looked at him like that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, 
I guess the thing is when you're when you yourself are wondering why you're not an MVP, then I look at you like that because all the MVPs are like that. The the MVP thing did fuck him up for sure, and not like yeah. It fucked up because he tried to put it like how he's a complete player, which he's not. And right. And he got votes. Yeah, he Some did people fourth. did think he was think MVP. Was yeah, just because he was the best shooter or best scorer on the best team, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean MVP. Yeah. Right. Because the thing is, he didn't show his value to me on the team. He just showed me he can, he can score. I didn't feel like... He was the most valuable player on the team. I'd put Aiton and I'd put Bridges over him as most valuable player on this team this season. They could have got a lot of guys to come in there and average 20. I just, I'm trying to be glass half full and I'm, <laughs> I picture the idea that this will drive those guys to be better. And maybe, I don't see in, in, in my opinion, Phoenix is. I'm not sure if I've ever seen somebody close their contending window that quick. I mean, they closed yes. it, locked it, and threw they, the fucking key away in the in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. But they like pulled the curtains. <laughs> but this was so yeah, this was so bad that I mean, at this point, next year is about respect. It doesn't even matter if you're like a seventh seed; you have to earn the yeah. respect of the league now. They're in the same spot as the Jazz right now. 100%, bro. And that just speaks volumes to how awful this game was. The top three seeds in the West are all out. Top three records in the West are gone. Golden State was At least scoring. for most of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is the first time ever the first two seeds... Did not make the West. Neither of the first two seasons made the Western Conference Finals. I just, I honestly, bro, I, I was close to tearing up when I saw the, um, the CP has blown five two zero leads. Yeah, like that. That is a stat that's nobody will forget that. Yeah, especially without that's a title, bad. bro. Especially without a title and. It would have been cool if he kept it with Doc. If, like, he kept all of them being with, like, you know, because then he could have said, well, that's Doc. It wasn't just me. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, he doesn't have that luxury. <laughs> you know what yeah. else I hated during the game? Second quarter, the like, it's starting to, it's starting to really sink in to the players on the court of what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. And, and CP's, like, trying to fucking rile guys up by bringing them to the free throw line over and over again. Yeah. And they they looked more more and more dead coming out of each huddle. Like CP, if you're not going to shoot the yeah. ball, shut the fuck up. Him exactly. him bringing the fucking team together and then proceeding to let Devin Booker attempt a pathetic version of his job. Like CP, that's it's it's shameful. CP has been the dude who has put the team on his back before. He did it in this playoffs. He just did it a round ago, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe I mentioned it coming out of that series. Like, man, 
you know, don't forget that CP just loses composure randomly. Yeah. Five games of disgusting IQ. I mean, bro, the last five games, he averaged four turnovers a game. Yep. Against Dallas. This is his birthday. Bro, Dallas doesn't birthday. even fucking defend. Dallas just matches up, and Jason Kill tells him, go to work. Yep. And that's... Dallas literally beat them playing pickup basketball. Basically. And they look like yep. a more well-rounded team while playing pickup basketball. The, the thing that kind of sucks to me is, and if Dallas wins, this will surprise me. And you're right, Golden State was third, so it's just the two top two seeds. If Dallas wins, it will surprise me. But this is, I, I think Dallas has zero chance of winning the finals. They Why? can't be either team in the East. It, I I I can see why you'd say that. I, I would be I would be shocked. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It won't happen because they they are playing fantastic, but I just don't see. I'd be. It would be the biggest upset in history if they beat either of the East teams. You know, I think why? they can beat the Warriors, but yeah, the Warriors East teams are a little bit more shocking. limited as a roster. That's the key to me is, you yeah. your roster has to be complete defensively. And both the and East teams both, are. Both of them are. So in that way, yeah. I agree. I could see that happening. Yeah. But I told you, man, Dallas opened this this play style of nobody turning down a shot. Yeah. And they're going to ride or die with it, and I love it. The thing is, if they're not ready to play defense to how they play, the Warriors will beat them at that game every time. If you let the Warriors get as many shots off as you get, they have to be shooting really bad to lose to lose in that I game. don't know man you know how the Warriors get with turnovers I'm not as confident in the Warriors as you are they might turn the ball over I just think this, Dallas I mean they're shooting. gonna turn the ball over it's gonna happen it's not that I, I expected them to cool off at some point it's that Dallas uh-huh. has continued to get really good shots yeah they have like Dallas has continued to feed the mismatches and now, like, Dinwiddie had a mostly an awful series. And yeah. in Game 7, he's playing, like, from the jump, he's playing like their second-best player. Yes. Yep. That's tough to stop, man. Who is Brunson going to guard on Golden State? Probably... I'll probably throw him on Wiggins, to be honest. Oh, my God. Wiggins in the post all game. I don't know, man. This is going to be a very high-powered offensive series. Yeah. I just, like, Dallas Dallas does that thing of we're not we're going to play very safe to keep shooting it. They're not turnover prone. So the Warriors right. are not going to have such an easy time playing up and down because, you know, Memphis, beyond the turnovers, took a lot of bad shots. I will say this, and this is one thing about Dallas that it this happens to every team, but their lulls of not scoring are like they're more defined than I think a lot of other teams. Not more any Boston. Uh, but Boston 
plays better defense, so they can get stops, like get yeah, stops and get fast true. breaks and stuff. That's true. Dallas doesn't get a lot of fast breaks, not a lot. And the thing is, if you don't, if you're not scoring a lot, and the Warriors ever are, it, it's it's tough to beat them. And even in this, even in this last game, they should have won this game by seventy. But the fact that they didn't was because in the third quarter they went on a lull of not scoring for a long time. And then even in the fourth quarter, when they still had starters out there or still had you know good players out there early, they went on a long time without scoring. And Phoenix was already you know dead at that point. Yeah. So, but obviously the first two quarters they went on a non. The second quarter they went non-stop scoring, so that could happen too. But, um, bro, Finney Smith. Tough to the Warriors if you do that. I just man, I I just have seen Dallas hit so many timely shots. Yeah. Uh, they got a lot of momentum players. Yeah, bro. Like Finney Smith, almost every shot he makes is momentum. I mean, maybe it's more of a discredit to how trash CP and Booker were, but I've never seen Reggie Bullock play defense that good. Never, bro. Picking yeah. up full court, he's moving his feet with multiple dribble moves. Well, Tillakina stripped CP last game. Yeah. Like, that happened. Uh, last game, I'll give him a pass, but, bro, Bullock was doing a good job in game four and five. Yeah, he played good. I was just he shocked. Did. I was shocked because I'd never even seen him, like, really make a concerted effort to get stops or be a good defender. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the other teams he played on, but every well, time I think it, these Dallas guys are limited, all of a sudden another lob, another tough three, another drive that I didn't think they could do. You just I have can't two, disrespect these guys. Two last points. Number one, Jason Kidd. The reason why I've always loved Jason Kidd as a coach, because he's creative and he'll just try something, and I, I always respect that out of coaches because so many guys like Budenholzer, uh, Monty Williams, think that there's like a structure where let's just stay in these limits, but Jason Kidd is a dude who look, go for it, let's let's try it, let's see what happens because you don't know what happens until it happens. Right. So, um, I think Jason Kidd may be able to outcoach. I shouldn't say outcoach, but he may be able to coach his way into beating the Warriors. Um, just with being creative, I don't like you said. Maybe he puts Brunson on Wiggins, and he has Finney Smith on Steph for height, or who knows what he'll do. But he may try something like that. But the Warriors are like a complete opposite to both the teams that. Uh, the Mavericks have played so far, and the and the Mavs had to go you know pretty deep into both series. Uh, well, I don't Phoenix, think the Mavericks could blow out anybody, regardless of what road they would have had, five or six yeah. games minimum with every team. Yeah, because it was it was really good teams. But the thing is, uh, who are we talking about? Oh, Phoenix was second to last in layups and threes in this in the playoffs this year Golden State is the best layup and threes team of all times you know it uh, Phoenix was last in free throw attempts Golden State has the two best free throw shooters in the league it's just it's just a big difference uh, Jazz have a center who can't play any defense 
uh, Warriors have Draymond Green, who's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate every year. So it's just it's going to be a big, big, big difference. That's all. So there's no one really no super mismatch off a of switch for Luca in against the Warriors. I yeah, mean, yeah, and, they, and they were saying that fucking Mikal Bridges was uh, the runner-up as a defensive player of the year. And I never saw it. I never saw. I it. saw it. I saw it, especially against fucking the the Pelicans. That what was the game four? Yeah, the one the one game Who's... where he went off. He he looked crazy on both ends. Who was he guarding? I don't remember. It was uh, Ingram. It was Ingram. I'm pretty sure Ingram or McCollum. Yeah, I remember him getting stops on McCollum actually. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's long. He he's quick, uh, quick witted. You know he he's uh, fast twitch. But I, I will say, see see, this is exactly where the other two teams have fallen in trouble. Is they think. <laughs> Well, well, Draymond could guard Luca. Clay could guard Luca. Well, uh, you cannot. I didn't say that. You cannot. No one let can guard Luca. Be on an island the whole series. Nobody can guard Luca. But the thing is, there's no bad switches on the Warriors. That's all I'm saying. There's no bad switches. Bro, Looney's everybody bad but switch. the two guys I named are a bad switch to me. Wiggins is a bad switch. Absolutely. He's not strong enough. What do you mean? I'm not sure if Clay is strong enough. Strong enough? Yes. Andrew Wiggins? Yes. All right. We'll see. All right, we will see. I just I think you're underestimating how physical Luca is attacking the rim. No, he was straight up uh, bodying Cam Johnson yesterday. And I know it no, won't be as that? easy as John as Johnson and Bridges were. Because I know compared to Wiggins, they're like paperweight. Yeah. But it's not going to be that much harder. That was Bridges. He did that spin off. Yeah. He had to make like an awkward layup. Yeah. Yeah. Bridges <laughs> he took him deep in the post. I feel bad. Bridges <laughs> and Johnson were bouncing off of him like literally the whole series. They were, yeah. Again, yeah. I feel like Monty Williams set them up to look bad. Yeah. But, he did. You know That's what, what I told you, man. You know, you made an interesting what? point about um, who was the, the coaches you named, Monty and uh, Budenholzer. And I would throw Doc in there, too. All yeah. really experienced coaches who thought they could kind of manage the team more than trust them. Right. And all three of them are home now versus a first-year coach in Boston and a first-year yeah. coach in Dallas. Again, kid's been a coach, but – first year yeah. coach in on this team yeah and they're in the conference finals to me for no other re- no single reason bigger than they trusted the roster i agree and especially in dallas like boston maybe he could have done more things but with a team like dallas like you're obviously not as good top to bottom as phoenix you gotta have yeah. that like fuck it let's try it and i, I think I think uh, Udoka gets the most out of the roster because, I mean, I've seen enough of Neesmith and Luke Cornett has been in the league for long enough. I don't know how he yeah. still gets paid. Um, I like – is Nick Stauskas there? Yeah. He, I like Nick Stauskas, but he's not a, he's not ready either. No. 
uh, Sauce Castillo, my guy. Yeah, no, he's. So I think Udoka did everything with the roster he could have done. Yeah, I mean, but you, you're right. Stepped up, but again, like it's having the faith in Horford to put him on Giannis for the whole series. Yeah, yeah. But for for Monty to do the same thing. It's one thing to do that with Al Horford, who's a vet, who's a high-level player. You're doing it with a guy who doesn't even match up well with him. With right. Bridges. Again, who I, yeah. I just, he was put in a terrible spot. Yeah, and, and at halftime, CP only had four shots. It's just bizarre to keep him out there. You got Aaron Holiday. You got Campaign. Both guys are just bloodthirsty hungry guys that come in and give you everything they have every single game on the offensive end and they attack 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 campaign came in there and went straight to the rack like three times in a row it was amazing i i mean he just made something happen as soon as he came into the game meanwhile he took more shots than cp in 30 seconds than cp did the first the whole first half yeah man this this is such a stain that cp I don't know if I want him to retire or I just want him to not speak next year. But <laughs> one or the other. This was just, yeah, bro. So they face the issue now because Aiton, whatever happened with Aiton in this last game, Bad. he's the only free agent they have. So, I mean, him and JaVale McGee, I believe. So you lose Aiton. If Aiton goes to any team in the West. It's over for Phoenix. It's over. I don't care who they get. I mean, they're not getting Embiid. They're not getting Jokic. It doesn't matter who else they get to me because they'll be at a disadvantage for the rest of the, you know, to the rest of the West. Yeah. If he goes, if he goes to the Clippers or if he goes to the Warriors, I might not watch the conference. Because <laughs> it's a wrap? It's a fucking wrap. <laughs> maybe not. The, maybe I'll still watch because the Clippers are not healthy and kind of random. But yeah. the, if he goes to the Warriors, I'm seriously not watching their games. Like, if he goes to Dallas, it's a wrap. <laughs> Dallas is not quite as like elite to be to add a guy like that and be so unstoppable to me. Maybe. But Golden maybe. State is. You can't you can't add a, a really high level center to a well oiled machine. It's just unfair. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be a disaster. Disaster for the rest of the uh, West. Uh, so I guess we'll see. Um, so what's your prediction in this one? It's still up as much as everything I said about Dallas. It's still up in the air. Dallas very well could win this series. I only said that I don't think they could beat the East teams. I do think they can beat the Warriors. I really I, just, I don't want to make a prediction on this one. No? You don't want to be upset when it doesn't happen? I mean, I'm, it's a good chance it won't happen. I'm not even going to bother. I, I think this series I'll, will be very up and down. I'll go Warriors in six. Yeah. Warriors in six. Two games. I'll say Warriors in seven just to have some prediction there. Gotcha. Because even though I've been very confident in Dallas, I, I think, again, Golden State has the switch. Golden State has the, the fortitude, the self-awareness. And they have the one coach I didn't mention who knows how to balance the line. 
Yeah. Who, who's probably one of his best traits is being able, knowing when to trust his guys and knowing when to reel them back. And he's back. He'll be back for this right. game. First game. Um, uh, if you say if you say seven games, that means you acknowledge it's a toss up. You say six, it means you're a little more confident in one team than the other. Yeah. If you say five, you're really confident in one team, and if you say four, it's you say it's a wrap. Right. So I'm a little more confident in the Warriors, but I know it's very close to being a toss up. And honestly, it's only because of how the Warriors have been playing. Like, if if we hadn't seen anything else, and I just woke up from a coma today, and you said the Warriors about to play the Mavericks in a series, I'd say Warriors in five. I mean, but because I, I I've thought seen they had play, a lot of pressure on that game six after being so trash. Yeah. And they didn't show any of it at all. They didn't. It looked fucking as easy as it ever, as it always does. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else to uh, mention today? Did we talk about Sacramento coaching hire? Uh, I think – no, I don't think I don't so. Think <laughs> Mike Brown has had the worst coaching performance so in two there. games than anyone else did in a full season that I've ever seen. It was horrible, man. <laughs> Worst blowout in history of the playoffs. And Sacramento was down to him or Mark Jackson. And the owner of the team actually preferred Mark Jackson. But the GM and president of basketball (laughs) associations preferred Mike Brown. That right Uh, there is why they're trash. The owner of the team actually owned the Warriors when Mark Jackson drafted Seth. Like, he was there at that time when Mark Jackson was Makes there. Sense. So he wanted Mark Jackson back because he loved Mark Jackson. He thought Mark Jackson did a great job, which he did. And this is the this is, president I, of basketball. I can't think of a better job. For... I know. Mark Jackson was built for rosters like this. Yeah. I, I really. And he's it... coached. Was, um, did he coach Harrison Barnes? Yeah. Or was. Yeah. I think he did one year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did they get Kerr 14 or 15? 14, I think. I think Kerr Or did he get there their first title run? I think he did. Yeah. yeah I think the, he was I think he was a first year title winner. Yeah. The Iguodala MVP, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They would I I'm still on team they would have won the year before if Boga didn't hurt. I'll probably die as maybe the only guy to say in that. But, I mean, I had – I did – it was before the podcast, obviously, but I was really a fan of them winning. Uh, hey, man, there, there's a lot of takes I, I'll die to – I'll take to the grave. I think if Pachulia – if Pachulia doesn't step on Kawhi's ankle, they're not a dynasty. <laughs> Who is it? the Warriors because they wouldn't have had the, the consecutive like finals appearances or whatever they had. <laughs> it wouldn't have been it wouldn't uh, have been like four or five straight it would have been three and then one or two <laughs> separately maybe. maybe but if they ha- had Bogut that year they would have already won two that's the thing Very true. Very 
That's the tough part. Boga was eating that year. Boga got hurt in Boga. the the comeback, the twenty sixteen, right? Uh, the year no, the year before they won, he got hurt too. Well, I remember that, but I mean, he was like oh, he was oh, playing again? the twenty sixteen year, and yeah, and then got yeah. hurt in the final. Like he came back from something and got hurt again. I think. I think he did. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Bogut was like a top five center. He was catching lobs. Like it was, it was crazy that first, those first three years he was there. He he kind I mean, of the first set three the, years that they were good. The, the big man passing, like he kind of made that trend. Uh, he made limit limited centers doing that a trend. Yeah, and not having to go right back up, like, like that was something I think Mark Jackson really instilled in them. Like we don't have to go right back up because the three pointers are wide open on the re- offensive rebounds. Yeah. Wide open. And Bogut was getting four or five assists like every game. It felt like. I really hate KD really ruined. Like, it would have been so interesting to talk about them and how their last seven, eight years would have looked without KD. But I don't know. never know. Yeah. Because they, they still would have gotten somebody if it wasn't KD. Probably. And I, I was really interested to see who they got. And even if they I'm, so, I'm still mad they didn't do the. Tough for teams to beat them yeah it would have yeah yep um cool so coming up we'll be back after uh probably the first two games again yeah um good playoffs so far though i know man crazy shit a lot of parody i don't think i would have picked these final four teams if you gave me five chances when the playoffs started, I definitely would have had Memphis. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that when the playoffs started. I mean, midway through the year, probably. I would have had Memphis. I definitely would have had Phoenix. I definitely would have had Milwaukee. I was really sure of Phoenix, uh, Golden State. I don't know. Golden State was so unhealthy this season. Everybody, I think all starters had a stint of missing games this season. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Uh, for them. Right. That's true. And I, I mean, who would have, uh, who would have predicted Poole being nobody. the third Splash Brother? Nobody. So. Literal, yeah. like literally nobody. Right. Yep. So, anyway. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we will see you next time. Please subscribe. Follow us on socials at No Clue Podcast. Um, go check out our merch, all the other good stuff. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>